Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the CrossFit Bath podcast. Uh, as always, I'm Jason. Uh, joining me today, we have a special guest, uh, Rebecca Slater. Hello, uh, Rebecca. Hi, Jason. First of all, is it Rebecca, Becca, Bex, Becky? What, what do you like to be called? Becca. Becca. Okay. So we'll get back to Becca in just a second. I have to do a tiny bit of admin that I, I don't like, but I've got to say it because a lot of people were, were very kind about the last episode with uh, Sean and Tommy. And if you want us to get more guests like that, a uh, good thing you can do to help the podcast is maybe review it. You can do that in app, but it just means when I reach out to these people, they can see that we're, we're quite high in the rankings on iTunes and Spotify and things like that. Uh, another thing you can do is follow me on Instagram. So when I reach out to them, they can see that, oh, there's actually quite a few people that might listen to what I have to say. So two tiny little things there. I feel dirty just asking, but if, if you can do that, that would be really helpful. Now, more important thing, back to Becca. So Becca, before we begin with the podcast uh, as as a seasoned athlete like yourself you know how important it is to warm up before any strenuous activity and as I always say nothing more strenuous than a podcast so <laughs> I have a few warm-up questions just to get you in the in the podcast mood the first question we always have to ask peanut butter crunchy or smooth crunchy definitely crunchy I tell you what crunchy is killing it at the moment uh it's I don't know how many episodes in a row now that crunchy is reclaimed <laughs> reclaimed its crown that was slipping for a moment do you have a go-to karaoke song oh no um I don't think so I don't think I actually do karaoke I think I pick them for everyone else <laughs> do you have a song you like to pick for somebody else <laughs> one you like to challenge them with living on a prayer Oh, really? Wow. (laughs) A nice, easy one then. Yeah. High notes. (laughs) Excellent. Okay. Good answer. If you had to pick a fictional character to be your workout partner, maybe for a year, who would you pick and why? I'm going to go with the Hulk. The Hulk. Do you know what? My wife said the same thing. I don't know. I don't know why, but that's... uh, I mean, you'd you'd kill partner Wads, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, (laughs) You definitely wouldn't be able to share a barbell. That's the only <laughs> the yeah. only downside. Nice. Okay, final question. Uh, and I ask this to all my first-time guests. And it really, I think it really helps as we're on an audio format. This is a good question. And that is, when they finally make a movie of your life, who would you like them to pick to play you? Oh, um, can I say myself? You're going to play yourself? Uh, I mean, I suppose you can. There's no rules. We've had crazier answers. <laughs> yeah. I guess it, I guess it depends at what point in time we make the movie. Yeah. Um but okay, you'll play yourself. Yeah. So anyone who doesn't know what you look like still doesn't know what you look like or even have yeah. a clue. But that's fine. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Well, I I'm feeling nice and warm. I don't know about you, but if you yeah. if if you're ready, we can move on to the uh the real body of this podcast. So, Becca, as probably was revealed by my initial question of asking if you prefer to be called Rebecca or Becca, clearly we don't really know each other. We've not had much of a chance to to talk before this, uh, and I I, I don't know much about you. A cursory glance at your Instagram uh, reveals some very obvious things. Probably the most obvious thing I saw was that you really like being upside down. Yes. Uh, probably 90% of your pictures are either in a, a handstand or ha- hanging upside down from something. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which is very interesting 
because the second thing that I can kind of see from your Instagram, uh, I think if you asked people probably what are the most important things you need to be able to hold a handstand, uh, the obvious answer would probably be two hands. Uh, so you are defying that because if anybody doesn't know, you're actually an adaptive athlete uh, and you've only got one arm and yet you're still busting out these annoyingly good handstands. <laughs> so I, I get there's so much we could dive into on this topic. I suppose the question I usually ask most guests uh, when they come on is kind of how did you first find CrossFit? And I guess that's maybe a good point to start. And then from there, perhaps we can either go back and forward in time, depending on on how this story develops. Yeah, so it was actually in 2018, just over a year after I lost my arm, um, an adaptive athlete called Ollie actually reached out to me via Instagram and invited me to go and watch them compete at Battle of Britain. Um, I had no idea what CrossFit was at the time. I just thought I'd been invited to this event to watch people you know, like train and compete. And I got there not knowing what Ollie looked like or what anyone looked like. And I just looked for the pile of prosthetic legs. Like quite literally, I just looked for Ollie's Superman legs. And I got there and they were like, we've had some people pull out. Would you like to join in? And I was like, uh, no, thank you. And like in the middle of what they were doing at that point was they were doing um, clean and presses. So they were having like barbells with big plates over the head. And I was like, no, thank you. I'm, I'm good. Thanks. And then um, after that, it developed that I got roped into doing the Castle Games and I hadn't actually started CrossFit at that point. So I emailed my local box and said, I have a competition in like five weeks. Can you help me not look like a dick, please? Like, just teach me the basics so that I can just get through it. Don't have to do any barbell or anything. Just teach me the basics so that I can get through this competition. And that was it. I mean, that's incredible because I think uh, for most of us, I mean, I'm going to put my hand up as probably the, the primary example here. But uh, if you if I'd never done CrossFit before, I mean, I'm somebody who does has been doing CrossFit for quite a few years now and I still don't compete like I it just we, we've had this discussion too many times on the podcast. I don't compete, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going to do Sid. It got cancelled. It's not my fault. Uh, so so the idea of like, oh, I've never done CrossFit before. I turn up and people just sort of say, hey, join us. I think with both arms, that is a scary thought, let alone thinking well this also has to be adapted like for for me uh and so this was ollie grinsell that invited you i'm, I'm guessing yeah it was so ollie has, has been on the podcast and he sort of shared his story uh, and i think from what you were saying that this was did you say a year after you you yeah. had the the amputation and, and i guess this is a, a point that i find like really interesting maybe to compare the, the two not compare is probably not the right word but like when i was speaking with ollie you know he's sort of saying it happened when he was a kid that he he was on prosthetics so you know it didn't take him long he was running kicking a ball and he grew up never knowing any different almost so like that was it right so that's that is the norm whereas for you from what from, from what I'm gleaning from this conversation this was obviously a huge change in your life and I'm kind of intrigued as well is not the right word i'm probably going to say a lot of times on this podcast this is not the right word but i don't know the right words so i just think it's um i'm really you know interested to see how somebody is able because we call it adaptive 
And I think adapt is really the key word there, like in your case, because you have had to completely change what was the norm for the majority of your life to what is now the norm currently. Uh, So this is how you found CrossFit. I guess we need to go back in time a little bit then and understand maybe your history so have you always been a a sporty person kind of uh, an athlete because saying oh i got roped into a competition like five weeks later i yeah. think for, <laughs> if, if it's somebody who's like and i'd never done any exercise my my whole life and i was or if you're somebody as well well i was always quite active quite fit but now it was so what was kind of your background in sport and exercise in general so i was i was quite active i was pretty much in the gym or um in some form of fitness session probably twice a day pretty much six days a week and I was rowing a lot I was part of um, a rowing club we have here in Liverpool and I was actually prepping for my army selection so I was increasing my fizz so that I could basically pass basic and go on but um my training was literally six days a week twice a day even three times a day because around work I was just like right gym gym get fit and then I had my accident and everything just stopped and it was like I didn't think I could do any sport or weightlifting or anything ever again and it was just a it was an opening experience yeah I I imagine that I guess it's for for anyone it's going to be quite you know devastating let's say this this change but especially if you ask someone to say and I was you know, very active six days a week, you know, I I can imagine there's somebody that could have an accident and be like, oh, now I can't go to the gym. I never went to the gym anyway. But somebody's like, I can't go to the gym. And that was, you know, I was, fitness was everything. Can can we ask what what happened? Is that that a topic that's, you know, it's fine, don't worry. Um, I was, I had a car crash. So I hit black ice on the motorway. And, um, my car went into the central reservation and then rolled and um, I broke my arm which damaged the artery and I did the same injury to my leg and I broke my back wow so um, <laughs> the, see this again is where I, I think it's I'm going to go with interesting sorry I just think it's interesting because again when we say adaptive athletes uh it's just this massive umbrella that we put everybody under, right? But I think, you know, I, I've had a few car accidents myself. Um, not my fault. I lived in Italy for 10 years. We yeah. got hit We got hit a couple of times when we were driving by other cars. Uh, and, like, I have issues now when I'm in the gym, particularly with my shoulder, that I can trace back to, well, this is a result of that accident. Like, I, I, I know that's an issue, and as much as I try and do mobility and different stretches and things like that, I just know it's always kind of going to be a, an issue, uh, unfortunately. So I think that's where the kind of looking at the outside and seeing maybe two adaptive athletes and being like, oh, look, they both are, you know, single armed athletes. There you go. So they adapt in the same way. They're in the same category. Yeah. But maybe somebody that was born uh, with, with something that, that meant they had one arm versus someone who's had like a a massive trauma that yes the arm is the visible difference right i can see that that person doesn't have an arm anymore but it's all the internal stuff all the the trauma and the problems that you have just from having a car accident anyway that is kind of amplifying that whole situation so what was your like journey back into 
fitness and into health I suppose more than fitness like what was that like for you um it's been a long road and it still is um a long one it was um so my arm was pretty much the day after the accident I had it amputated so that was sort of done and dusted there like there and then but I had more issues with my leg so I think I'm after my last operation which was like three months ago I'm on I think number 11 operation um, to basically just keep me moving with my leg. Um, so it was basically, it was to get back to healthy was to get walking again. And then when I could get walking, it was like, right. So technically I'm walking without any aids, right. Can I go to the gym now? And they were sort of, they had to rein me in quite a lot. Cause after every operation, you have a period of not walking and you're like, but can I do this not standing on my legs? Just like, there's so much you can do without being on your feet. And they're just like, no, right, you've got to stop. Take it easy after each one. And so it's like, I think we're nearly at four years now. And every time, you know, you have to build yourself back up and it's just get walking. And then it's like, okay, walking's done. Can I go in the gym? I imagine that must be, you know, I'm I'm trying to think how, because obviously I can't, put myself in your shoes and really understand what you're going through I probably the vast majority of people listening to this can't really empathize Uh, the only kind of thing I can think now is sort of how concerned everyone was during lockdown right like with this massive lockdown it's like oh when I get you know I want to go back to the gym and oh I'm going to go back I'm going to have lost all you know I'm going to have lost my pull-ups or I'm going to have lost this or you know who knows if I can still do a muscle up or something like that and it's that frustration right of knowing where you were and then I guess we can kind of say outside circumstances, things beyond your control that have prevented you from being able to go. And now you're like, oh, all that hard work is is kind of lost, even though you, we know it's easier to get back than than to get there in the first place. But that sounds like kind of a repetitive process that you've been going through is constantly like, oh, yes, I've got here again. Next operation. Now it's like almost hitting that reset button every time. So like mentally, how is that? you know, how are you dealing with that? How are you able to kind of sit at home? I guess, I guess is the answer because it is like hard, right? So yeah. how how have you coped with that? I think a lot of it sort of now with experience, it's bad that you have experience in rehabbing from operations, but with experience, you just sort of think of it as it's a, you know, it, it's a time frame that you need to just do what you can to ensure that you heal the best you can so then you can go back to the gym faster or you can walk further um and we managed to so we live right by a park so when I was able to walk we would go on like little walks outside you know being out with my family and things and um through CrossFit I've actually got yeah like my best friends are adaptive athletes who I met via Ollie through that random competition one day and like they keep me going you know like we message each other with things that we're struggling with or you know like I'm going crazy like being at home now what can they do and they're like right just think you know, you've got another two weeks or whatever it is you'll be back you know just take your time with it yeah I suppose that's one of the um I, I think that's probably one of the nice things about uh, and I think I said this with Ollie that there's kind of this spotlight has just been shifted a little bit um, because of uh, Eric Rosa and and kind of things coming down from HQ about try you know an open a, a adaptive 
category within the open and all of this, which on the one hand, someone might say, oh, yeah, that's really good for the adaptive CrossFitters. You know, now they have this. But I know that there were quite a number of things already there for adaptive athletes. What I think is probably really nice is this spotlight might actually allow people outside of CrossFit to see it. Because it's something like, you, you know, your example is a great one, isn't it? Right. You didn't know what CrossFit was yeah. and the adaptive athletes got you in. And now you've got this great sort of support network of adaptive athletes. And I could just think of somebody, you know, sitting at home that's sort of in your situation, but without that network who maybe because this thing, you know, blows up on Instagram, maybe on the, you know, there's some post from from HQ of an adaptive athlete doing something. And they're like, oh, hold on. Yeah, they're doing this. I can do this right where's my local box how can i get involved in doing this and then through competitions and things like them you know maybe even this podcast they get to know you and ollie and different ones and it kind of builds that you know it brings them in to that community because i guess the only people that really that can understand what you're going through what it's like are the people that have been in similar situations to you yeah it is um that's it exactly you know it's people who've been through something or they've had to adapt like all the life or you know you you find a sport which you like actually everyone can do it you know that there isn't really there's no one who can't do CrossFit and it's I found it that um I'm on a couple of amputee support groups which are generally a bit on the negative side but I posted something about CrossFit on it and we had two um, female amputees who actually were like, right, you posted about it and I've seen you on social media. I, w- I wanted to try it. Do you know if there's a gym near me? And so we've got some of them into CrossFit now. You know, like one of them is, um, she's in her 50s. And she said, I'd, now that I have lost my leg and I'm either standing on one leg or I'm in my wheelchair, I'm actually the fittest I've ever been. So it's, you know, things like that, you just, it makes like warm inside, you know, you're like, you're helping people like discover what they can do still. Yeah, I guess as well, it's, you know, there's the whole kind of that thing of you never know what you've got till it's gone kind of thing. And I guess, uh, you know, we we often talk, don't we, about the, that, the, how much CrossFit intertwines the fitness and the sport and the health side of it. And it's that there isn't, it's not two separate things. It is all merged together and, and, you know, intertwined. And I guess when, you know, if you've been, if you've been in an accident or you've had something happen, you value your health. Uh, you, you know, you know, I, for example, you know, I've had multiple operations. I know how hard it is to, to learn to walk again. So I am going to make my body as strong and resilient as I can. Yeah. So something like CrossFit's great, right? Whereas you, you've got a lot of people that have never maybe had to think about their their health to such a degree, uh, and they're kind of just <laughs> just you know whatever, who cares? I'll, I'll eat what I want, I'll do what I want, yeah. it doesn't matter, sort of thing. So I guess if you're in that situation, having that su- that support group, and then having, I, I think as well, what you said, you know, with with regards to like everyone can do CrossFit is another is another key element isn't it because even if you go to a box and you are the only adaptive athlete going to that box you know in, in another sport or in another kind of fitness class or something you might think well the the coach they don't know how to adapt for me 
because they've they've not had to do that. Whereas yeah. CrossFit coaches are they're not necessarily adapting, but they're scaling for everybody, uh, and they are good at adapting because they have people that come in and say, "Oh, just, you know, I pulled this the other day, but I, I want to be in. I want to do something. What can I do?" Yeah instead that has a similar stimulus but a different movement so even a box that doesn't have adaptive athletes has the ability to cater for adaptive athletes yeah exactly is that when you so you said that you know you'd met ollie and all of these ones but you called your local box what was that like going in then for the first time uh, you'd mentioned that you, you'd given them as well like a, a little target that they needed to help you hit um in five weeks which yeah <laughs> let's pause there a second what was their reaction to that statement um I think they thought I was a little bit insane and they wanted to meet this person <laughs> okay that's understandable yeah <laughs> so how was it then when you went in and you met them and you you started what was your experience like the first because that's amazing as well like I think CrossFit is scary for everyone the first time they go in yeah. I mean, everything is scary the first time you do it. It doesn't really matter what it is. But there's something about CrossFit, uh, especially if you walk into a class. And, you know, I always say you walk into a class, your eye instantly is drawn to whoever is the biggest, the strongest, the most gymnastic person there. Yeah. And you, you ignore everybody scaling and you just look at the two or three people that are RXing or RX plus the workout. And you're like, oh, no, I can't do this. This is scary. And that's for the, like all of us that haven't got health issues or, you know, uh, uh, needing to adapt or any kind of disability and that side of things I just wonder what it was like for you walking in like the first time to a CrossFit box and being like okay let's get this done it was um I I was really nervous but the way that our um our box works is you actually have like one-to-ones um first they they won't actually let you walk straight into a CrossFit class until they've seen what you can do. So you have a movement assessment and then they do some one-to-one PTs with you. Then when they feel you're at a level, do you then progress to the classes? So I was working on predominantly one-to-ones all the way up until um, the competition. But when I walked in for the movement screen, he the it was the head coach, Matt, who I, was, I had my meeting with. And I was like, so I told you that I um, had one arm but I didn't tell you that I also have a duff leg as well. So I was like, so my range of movement isn't particularly great. I said, and I haven't particularly trained, like I've never trained CrossFit. I said, I can, I can pick a weight up and I can put it down, but that's probably about it. <laughs> and it was just since then I've been, been hot. How long was the kind of the break between, because you know, you're saying you were six times a week in the gym. Hmm. before the accident then you had the accident and then this was like a year later that you were so in that like period in between uh, had you been kind of doing anything to get back into fitness or it was just sort of the the physioing and and trying to get back into kind of general movement patterns and so on I don't I managed to get back into the gym I can't think how long after it it was but I think it was maybe the I had my accident in the January and I think maybe I was in the gym in the May, which was when I had the um, all clear to walk again, basically. Um, and that was just predominantly trying to um, sort of rebuild the strength in my legs because I'd been solely on one leg for sort of four months. And I was trying to work on rehabbing my 
right side as well. And then it was just trying to move. I, I know you've you'd recently because you've you mentioned before and uh, I've seen that you you kind of recently had another operation. <laughs> so you're uh, you've been given the all clear to go back to the gym. What yesterday was it that you went back? Um, yeah, yesterday I went back. I got the all clear on Wednesday, which was I could go back as long as I didn't use my residual limb at all. So I can train my left side and anything involving my core and my legs, but I cannot use my right arm at all for anything. So, I mean, for, for <laughs> someone who who has like no idea what that must be like, how, how is that then going back in with these limitations that you're, they're like putting on you? Uh, and now you, you kind of, are you enjoying the training or is it a little bit frustrating? Or, I mean, how, how are you feeling at the moment about your, yourself, your the condition you're in? Like, are, are you raring to go? Are you a little bit kind of feeling trapped, like uh, they're, they're holding you back? I, I don't know. It's um, it's a very much a mixed bag of emotions. It's you're so glad to be back in the gym, being able to train, but it's you're having to re-adapt things. So you've learned over your training in the gym how to adapt movements you know how so I use my I use my right arms and my stump when I'm doing cleans or um doing handstands I use the box on my shoulder so now having to do movements you know like either um with a kettlebell or with a dumbbell or with no weight at all to just move rather than so that I it's more so I'm not tempted to use my stump because I know like today we had squats and I said, I'm not allowed to touch a barbell or a weight or anything for this. Cause I know that as soon as I have a barbell or a safety bar on my back, I'm just going to want to put weight on it and I'll use my stump and then I'll get into trouble. Yeah. I guess it's, you know, it's easier to not use the hand that's not there yeah. than it is to not use what you've got. And you're kind of yeah. like, well, I technically I can use it, but I know I shouldn't. So it's sort of maybe just removing that temptation seems yeah, to be the the solution then <laughs> okay. yeah that's what um we're trying for at the moment is I um I wanted to be back in the gym it's literally I had my review on Wednesday and I said I've got a question for you and he's like can you go back to the gym and I was like yes I was like what is the answer do you want you can go back as long as you don't use it and I was like okay so that's mean I can do everything he went yeah just don't use your stump he said you like the surgery you've had on it just don't use it because otherwise you'll undo what's been done. So how, how long is that period? Do you have a, have they given you kind of a time frame, a rough guesstimate of, of how long you kind of can't use it or? Um, at the moment it's around another four weeks, but it could last to months. So it depends how it heals. Cause it was um, surgery involving the nerves. So it's, they're very, very temperamental. So you've got to, like take it as easy as you can but then it's also doing the things you need to do to keep yourself fit and mentally fit as well so it's a lot of training for me is like I have goals that I want to compete next year in different events and it's more like my mental health at the moment has taken priority so it's like I was because I've been off work as well I've had no routine so I was like I can go to the gym and they're like no you can't so you're just like, okay, so I'm sat at home for three months and you're just like, it's 
it starts taking a toll on you. So just being able to go back, even if you're doing like bodyweight squats and using like a six kilo dumbbell, it's better than nothing. Yeah, I think this was one of the kind of things we we picked up on um, like during during the first lockdown, I think, and maybe the second was kind of that for a lot of people getting back into the gym just meant they could see other people because they yeah. were working from home. Maybe, you know, many are living alone, some are with their family, but like it's sort of you're just not seeing anybody. And there was this long period where you couldn't see anyone. And I guess now if you're told as well, oh, and you're not allowed to go to the gym, it's just sort of like, well, I can't go here. I can't go there. I've got to do this at home, that at home. You do start going slightly mad. Uh, yeah, and definitely. <laughs> so, so getting out is definitely a good thing. So you've mentioned you've got some some goals. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about... <laughs> about the past and 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 I guess you know at the end of the day the past is in the past right there's not much we can do to change that so what's your what are your goals going forward and kind of how are you trying to to achieve them in your in the kind of current the current climate and the current situation you you find yourself in um so for me um like the the goal is to be able to compete at you know adaptive competitions um, so adaptive CrossFit with being able to say go over to the states and compete at Waterpalooza with a you know, like have a group of UK adaptive athletes at this event has been something since I started and I was told about it. I was like, I want to go there. I will get there somehow. But um, outside of CrossFit, I'm still a rower. So I was a rower before my accident, and I've actually got back in a boat since. And I'm looking at trying to compete. Um, in the indoor rowing um, and with the goal of trying to set a British record for my category Um, and then I've also been roped into doing some disabled strongman as well so that's going to be an interesting 2021 for me. It sounds almost like it's dangerous for you to ever go and spectate anywhere because they just pull you in And, and I'm wondering if that is them dragging you in or if you are kind of just keep walking back and forth in front sort of oh I'm, I'm here I'm here just <laughs> oh, oh me yeah yeah I'll be happy to join because I'm getting the feeling that you're quite a competitive person you definitely want to be involved in these things <laughs> I the thing for me is competitions scare me like I go into a comp and I'm bricking one like I'm, I'm sweating I panic like I forget everything that we've planned to do um but being part of the experience of it is what I love and like through CrossFit you know trying to promote the adaptive CrossFit and what you can do and what you can do as like a female adaptive athlete as well is a big thing you know like I didn't always not have an arm so it's like you know people have been through trauma you know there is still things you can do and it's that I think is what appeals to me a bit more than the actual competing but it just so happens that I get to do some pretty cool stuff on the way yeah I suppose you need you know the the competition kind of gives you the platform to then yeah. say hey you know look this is what I'm able to do. and it, it might you know it could be it could be anything really right it doesn't need to be CrossFit it's just anything where it gives that you that opportunity to kind of just say hey look I'm here you know I was in your situation and with help, this is what I was able to do. You could do it too. Kind of that that message. I think that's and that's where I go back to. Like I think that's 
the positive coming out of this spotlight that HQ is putting on the the yeah. adaptive athletes is just it's yes for the the adaptive athletes that are already doing CrossFit. This is wonderful news. I'm really intrigued to see how many more people it brings in that yeah. that didn't know anything about CrossFit and never heard of CrossFit. Because I guess that would be a, another question I would have for you or a curiosity on my part is we've spoken many times on the podcast about the kind of the stigma of CrossFit and you're going to get injured, CrossFit's dangerous, CrossFit hurts you. Uh, and I wonder if you've ever had kind of any of this push back on to you because obviously if, if you know if, if you've got doctors that are sort of saying well you need to be careful you need to take it easy I imagine friends and family you know well-meaning maybe that might sort of say well CrossFit oh I've heard that's really dangerous people get injured probably you shouldn't be doing that in you know in the situation you're in have you f- experienced that at all? I have a little bit um, but is it sort of I pointed out to them that my training CrossFit is it's for me to be more functional in life as well you know so it's not just doing the sport of CrossFit and you know, like wanting to get a single single on toast bar or butterfly pull-ups or whatever it is it's I want to be able to transfer this into my life you know I want to build a functional strength which means that I can not worry about things in my life like I have godchildren and since starting CrossFit, it means I can pick them up and carry them. And I, I work in a hospital, so it means I, I can like lug bags of drips around and things, you know, by myself. I don't have to rely on other people. It gives you the strength to be independent. I, I think that's a, a, a really interesting point. And, and that, you know, the whole thing of CrossFit being functional fitness. Uh, and I know like Shax, who, who writes all of the programming for for Bath and, and the bridge uh, we've often had this sort of like you know how strong do you need to be and people kind of at, at times you know always wanting to go hard always wanting to go super heavy and it's like is that functional do you need to be that strong but when you're when you've got one arm it's almost like well I need this one arm to be maybe not as strong but almost as strong as your two arms because yeah. if if you're going to pick up that box and if I'm going to pick up that box you're kind of cheating because you're using two hands you know, I've got to do it with one. So I imagine that the the functional side of CrossFit comes into play so much more when you're when you're an adaptive athlete than uh, than for the kind of the majority of people that we're kind of like, yeah, it's it's functional, but am I doing these functional movements in my daily life? Maybe yeah. maybe not so much. Yeah. Final kind of thing would be how how have you or how would you encourage someone that hasn't done crossfit or but is perhaps found themselves in a similar situation to to what you had um perhaps because i mean we haven't really mentioned the we've kind of breezed over like how you felt obviously going through this but i imagine it, it you know life it's i think it's fair to say to say life changing yeah. <laughs> experience how did you deal with that by the way like how without you know getting too too dark how (laughs) how how did you handle it it was um it was a hard one it's like I said to anyone who asked me I said you generally have two options you get on with it and deal you know with the cards that you've been handed or you don't and I didn't want to be one of those people that got injured and then didn't live their life you know I 
I survived where I statistically probably shouldn't have. So for me, it was like, you know, technically you have these two options, but I only ever had one for me, which was I had to keep going. And whatever, wherever that led, I just had to keep moving. And um, like, it is hard. It, you know, you have dark times. And I was lucky that I, through friends of friends and former coaches, I ended up with like a support network of amputees in the States who would ring me at night when I was by myself in hospital, they would ring me and be like, you have a chat to me and you tell me what's going on. You, we can help you through this. You know, you have got this. And it's like, you just, you have to keep moving forward. It, it's like, for me, I didn't have the choice not to keep going. So that's, that's it. <laughs> so, so if there's somebody that maybe they didn't make that choice initially, let's say they, you know, they, Maybe the same time as you. So it's 2017, you said you had yeah. the accident. So maybe in 2017, they were, you know, in a terrible accident. Uh, they've gone for a similar thing and it, and they, they went down the other path. They kind of just, you know, my life is over. I can't do anything that, you know, this was my hobby. This was the thing I used to enjoy and I can't do it anymore. So now that they're in that situation, what would you say to that? How would you maybe try to encourage this person to now give something like CrossFit a go? Like how how, how do you feel that that would benefit their life, even if, they had that kind of five-year break of of not trying anything. Uh, what's been your? What I guess I would say. What's your sales pitch to get <laughs> uh, a a person in, particularly as an adaptive athlete, but maybe not even an adaptive athlete. Maybe just somebody who's gone through something else and just kind of taken a, a dark turn. Uh, and and you think CrossFit would benefit them? That's a hard one. Um, we ask the hard questions on this show. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think like not pushing CrossFit training on people. I I don't believe in, you know, saying, I think this is the best sport and everyone should do it. It's more like I've said it to adaptive athletes that like I, I've managed to rope into CrossFit that, you know, take away the sport side of it and the training side, you know, the community inside a box, it's, they are a family, you know, even in the bigger boxes, you know, everyone knows everyone and they are there to support each other. You know, if like you go in with an injury, you know, people will help you and they want to see each other succeed. So it it's more about trying to persuade them that it's such a positive environment to be in that even if you went and just sat in the box, you didn't have to train. You could just go in and experience it. It would change you know, it will change things for you that you see, you know, people are there to support you no matter what you've been through. They, they do want to see like you grow and develop as a person and everyone celebrates each other's other successes, even if it's like, you know, being able to do a squat without any aids, you know, even without no weight, just being able to move, you know, there's so much, to celebrate in the environment even without the training so that is what I try to persuade people to even just to go into the gym with me you know like you can train together or you can just come and sit have a coffee you know just see people you know they laugh together they support each other you know that there's something you can do so I think I think it's really interesting because I, f- I feel like it's 
you know it's it's the same for everyone it just varies by degree right so that's and i and i think with with crossfit in general and and you know i'm i'm with you on i'm not saying this is the only methodology to train to become fit like there are you know people do other things and they're they're pretty fit they're fitter than me so obviously it's not that that crossfit is the magic pill that will solve all your problems but i just think like you know you can go to a, a global gym and you go in quite regularly or you go in every couple of months and it's kind of like the guy behind the counter maybe he recognizes you maybe he doesn't maybe he doesn't realize that you've not been in for weeks maybe you know you're just kind of left your own devices maybe they've written some programming for you it's very different from going into the crossfit box where they're like hey you weren't here last week is everything all right where have yeah. you been what's going on as you said everybody knows each other you're all supporting one another people are there i think ollie mentioned a nice point when he was on about how even members sometimes offer like a tip on how to maybe adapt a movement uh, and he sort of begrudgingly takes it on and sometimes it works and he's a bit annoyed that he didn't think of it but it's like everybody is there to to build you up to help each other to encourage one another and and i think like we all value that like everybody that go that does crossfit is like you know oh that's why and quite often i'll speak to someone who maybe has been doing their own programming for a little bit or they've had to do something specific and the thing that says yeah i you know i enjoyed the result of the programming i really missed not being in the class i miss not being with everyone uh, and i think that's probably how i would would pitch it and sell it yeah. to somebody as well would be like yeah just like don't worry about the the exercise side of things that's that is what you're doing there and that will you know and, and over time as you said people celebrate when you you know the first time someone hits a 100 kilos on a back squat and somebody you celebrate the same time somebody does their first sort of below parallel squat that's an air squat like it doesn't matter what's challenging for one person is just, is different for somebody else and everybody's just happy that you personally were able to overcome that and i feel like nowhere is that more relevant than with adaptive athletes that yeah. uh, that you know it is going to be different every situation wow so that's uh been an interesting chat I've, i feel like i'm starting to learn a lot <laughs> over, the, <laughs> over the last couple of conversations that, that, I, that i've had so you've got goals to, i mean you got pretty impressive goals going to to wadapalooza would be cool and then different competitions like that within your your health at the moment like how how do you feel then working towards those you're, you're pretty confident that given time you're going to be back to i was going to say 100 percent. let's go 110 percent. why not <laughs> i'm hoping that um with the surgeries that i have had i will get a period of time where i can get to sort of like peak performance for me um so that i could compete and then i can maybe go into the more the organizing side of it but i'm hoping that 2021 2022 will be the years that I have a stable period where I can just put everything into training and hopefully get to that level, which would be great. <laughs> well, we definitely uh, you know, wish you all the best and we hope that the, the training goes well. If anybody maybe just came along listen to this episode because they saw it was about an adaptive athlete or they were kind of seeing your Instagram or something and they're intrigued, uh, so where, where would be the best place maybe for them to get more information if they wanted to to get involved apart from just their local CrossFit box if they were kind of maybe looking to find out more about the the adaptive scene specifically um so you can um message like any of the adaptive athletes 
like um like on social media so on instagram we have a a uh, instagram account for that we've called team adaptive uk which we haven't posted on that much recently but we're trying to build it back up but it's a place where people can actually um you can message in and me or some of the other athletes will reply and we can direct them to the right places or there's um some hashtags on Instagram that we have, which is Team Adaptive UK and UK Adaptive Team, which we're trying to get the adaptive athletes that we know of, which is about 40 of us now, um, trying to get everyone to use on their social media so that you can actually follow a hashtag and it will bring up all these posts with that hashtag. So you'll be able to see USC of adaptive athletes training or like just general life and you'll be able to reach out to them via that okay excellent so we'll we'll put all of that in the description below if anybody actually ever goes and reads anything in there i'm never sure but it will be in there uh, and we'll put your your instagram there as well well thank you so much becca i've i've enjoyed the chat i hope it wasn't too uh too terrible for you but uh, i feel like we've we've learned a lot about you thank you thank you for for being here today thank you everybody who tuned in and, and listened to this and hopefully uh, we've all you know we've all learned something and maybe we can uh, encourage a, a few others if we we come across people that we think will benefit from from crossfit now we've got the selling points and we can <laughs> we can share maybe uh, becca's experience and how it's helped her uh, and i think uh, i just think it's quite like a you know 2020 not been the best year no i know i know i'm going out on a limb saying that i've, I've realized people might you know find that a controversial statement but 2020 been pretty terrible so it's been nice to have a few of these kind of positive sort of uh, stories come through uh, and not just talk about lockdown for (laughs) for the whole year brilliant okay well thank you very much becca thank you everybody and we'll see you all next week